How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Who That Dish podcast. As always, I'm Tyler Raymond, joined by my amazing co-host, Dane Brown. Who that to another Saints game week, and welcome back to the show. As Tyler mentioned, I'm your other host, Dayton Brown, and we are part of the Fan Sided Network, bringing you everything you need to know regarding our New Orleans Saints. That includes news, analysis, opinions, and like today, fantastic guests. Again, Charlie is absent from today's episode, but be sure to follow him on Twitter at St. Charlie. He'll be tweeting leading up to the game, during the game, after the game, everything you need to know about his crazy opinions surrounding the Saints. It's always fun to follow him there on Twitter. Um, and without further ado, we're going to get to our our guest for the show today. He's a host over at Go Birds, the best Philadelphia Eagles podcast you can find on the web. And he also does radio work for Sports Radio 94 WIP over in Philly. Please welcome to the show, John Barcher. John, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. How are you today? Uh, thanks for having me, guys. No, I really appreciate right, it. And I uh, would uh, not enjoy an ass whooping from the New Orleans Saints as I make my <laughs> way down there on Saturday. If you guys could avoid that at all costs, that'd be great. Uh, no no yeah. promises, but I mean, I mean, who, who knows what happens down there at the Dome? Uh, crazy stuff happens. Saints are obviously coming off uh, a, a Molly Wap victory, and we talked about that in the podcast episode yesterday. But these are two two NFC power. I mean, Eagles are coming off uh, a Super Bowl season, obviously not shaping up in 2018 as they would have liked so far, but still a lot of season to play, and really anything can happen with uh, the Saints secondary the way it's been playing so far this year. But, uh, yeah, no promises on, on the butt whooping. But, uh, Tyler, how are you doing, man? Long time no talk. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm really good. You know, I think this is going to be a great game. You know, I'm looking forward to it. I mentioned last episode, I'll mention it again. Um, over here in New York, uh, uh, John from Syracuse, but uh, I have a good friend. Oh, uh, that's shout unfortunate. You, I'm so sorry. I apologize ahead of time. That's yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's a huge uh, Eagles fan, and uh, we actually made a little bet. If the Saints win, he has to wear some Saints gear. If the Eagles win, I'm going to have to. Unfortunately, wear some Eagles gear, so it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game. But didn't, yeah, didn't, I can't wait to get into it though. Didn't you tell me about you like a, a a girl shirt too, like like a like a women's fitted uh, Philadelphia Eagle shirt? Possibly, yeah. Uh, that'd be awesome. You got to take pictures of that. <laughs> that man. was just you, one of his many options. You look you look so. super fly in that, um, John. So how are you so far? Obviously that that loss against Dallas. Uh, if people listen to the Go Birds podcast, they know how you feel about that. But NFC East, I mean, like you guys were saying, eight and eight could win you the division. Overall, after ten weeks through the season, how, how what's your mindset with, with with this Eagles team right now? Yeah, and there's a, probably a couple of people that go like, "How on earth do you expect Washington to drop? Mm. You know, uh, you know, five of their last seven games?" And I just look at it and go, "Listen, uh, this as we said, the division is stupid. Mm-hmm. It's not like." It's not bad. It's not good. It's just dumb. It's so dumb. Like the the Washington's on top. They have a plus one point differential. Uh, they've got a couple of tough games coming up. They have literally never had a lead change in any of their games. So if you mm. score on them first, they lose. If mm-hmm. they score on you first, they win. It's stupid. <laughs> That's not how football works, you know, especially with you guys. I mean, the shootout you guys had against the Rams, yeah. that was exciting. That was one of the best games I've seen all season long, but it's different here. Uh, and honestly, I think the balloon popped for a lot of people, rightfully so. I mean, um, between injuries and I know people use those as, oh, stop making excuses. No, the the reasons, you know, oh, I mean, the, the things happen, you know, you lose your entire secondary. That's not an excuse. That's just like, wow, that's yeah. very unfortunate. Washington's kind of going through the same thing, which is why, oh, Tampa Bay is just going to roll in there and kick everybody's butt. That didn't end up happening either. Mm. Uh, Dallas now thinks it's the powerhouse at four and five, which I think is hysterical with Cowboys <laughs> fans. Like, oh, I told you everything's great. Dak Prescott's awesome. Amari Cooper wasn't an overpay. And, and here we are <laughs> charging up at, at four and five. Like, really, mm. the Giants nobody cares about for obvious reasons other than Saquon Barkley and his fantasy value. 
Um, it, people are just lost right now. You know, it, it, I have never heard, seen, felt so many tears of joy in one city before in my life. And everybody was just, oh, my gosh, on cloud nine. And I, for I, I think in a positive way, everybody kind of reverted back and said, like, OK, haven't lost your edge yet. Like a lot of these things are unacceptable. Monday night was unacceptable against these guys. So you can tell like a lot of, a lot of people are beaten down physically, mentally on this team, but I don't think they're, they're done. And that's weird to say how the season's been going. Carson Wentz has been playing uh, really well. Unfortunately for Monday night, just <laughs> not probably one of his worst uh, in it. And it's just bad timing. And I just got, I don't know if you guys feel this way too, but the bye weeks don't help anymore. Like there might've been a one point last yeah. 10 years doesn't really seem like that is a good thing now. It seems like there's a lot of rust that's happening in between there. Mm-hmm. I think that's what kind of uh, has, has bitten the Eagles here, along with injuries, not having running backs, not getting Golden Tate involved. We're all excited to see that, and that didn't really happen either. So, yeah, it's kind of a uh, – it's very ho-hum, um, but a, a lot less anger, at least from me, because mm-hmm. they gave us something that I didn't think was <laughs> was possible, and uh, it's it's incredibly, incredibly hard, as you guys know, to go back to the Super Bowl after winning it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very interesting point, talking about, uh, for, first off, the Redskins uh, could could absolutely lose five of their last seven. We saw how they performed Monday night a few weeks ago uh, against the Saints, and that was them coming off their bye week as well. Funny that you also mentioned the bye week. The Redskins are coming yep. off their bye, get smashed in New Orleans. Um, and uh, so this is the uh, third NFC East team the Saints are playing. The Cowboys will cap it off um, in a couple weeks on Thursday night. Uh, but the Eagles team is third, and in my opinion, it's the best so far that the Saints have faced. I uh, wasn't too impressed, obviously, with New York earlier in the year. That was only week three, uh, or excuse me, week four. And then Washington, of course, it just didn't look like the same Redskins team as we're used to seeing now and even before they were on their bye week. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. The MC East, every year it seems like it's just, it's just stupid, whether it be stupid good with, like, all these teams competing for uh, <laughs> playoff spots or stupid as in, like, you got – you got three teams below 500 right now, and the Redskins are hanging on by a thread uh, to win the division. And and picking off the uh, the Cowboys comment, the Cowboys could be 0-11, and come out, beat the Patriots next week, and all their fans would think they're the power. Oh team. yeah, that's exactly. how, that's how it happens. That's every single year. And uh, Jerry Jones tends to stick with the same guys year in and year out, and and it's just uh, I don't know. So I, I I pray for you Eagles fans having to put up with the Cowboys year in and year out. We have it pretty good compared to that with Falcons fans we have to deal with. Uh, we, we might hate it, <laughs> but it's not nearly as bad as Cowboys fans. Uh, and, and by the way, thank you so much for beating the, the Falcons both playoffs last year and, and open up the season this year. Well, um, and taking care of the Vikings to avoid an even embarrassing moment, right? I mean, yes. I mean, come yeah. on, let's be honest. No, no that was that was even better. The, and not only did you not only did you beat them to redeem us, you just absolutely put them out of their place. It was it wasn't even a game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they they still were talking about the the Minneapolis miracle until we beat them and it became the meaningless miracle. So that's that's all fantastic, uh, Tyler. Yeah, I guess we got to get to some pretty important uh, injury news for the Saints before we jump into the game because really wish uh, we would have known it yesterday when we talked about uh, Teron Armstead exiting the game against Cincinnati. Uh, turns out he he doesn't have a shoulder injury; it's a pectoral injury, and he's going to be held out for a few weeks, so he's going to miss the game against the Eagles. And we'll get to the, all the injury reports uh, in just a little bit. But I wanted to ask you, man, uh, before before we jump into the game, uh, first off, how big of a blow will this be for the Saints missing him for the first few or for the next few weeks? Um, and, and I mean, were you surprised that he that he is actually injured for this long? Because it didn't seem like the injury was that bad. Yeah, man, it's kind of weird, you know. Uh, I, I was sort of holding my breath, you know, because Toronto Armstead, as great as he's been, 
you know, in weeks past for us and um, different seasons, etc. He, he's always found a way to, uh, to not be fully healthy, you know. So mm. when I saw it happen, I was like, shoot, you know, like it happened, you know. But um, yeah, like we said, it's a it's a pack injury, you know. He's gonna Ian Rappaport report he's gonna be out three or four weeks. Hopefully, we'll still get him back, you know, before we uh, get to the playoffs. But we've got Jamon Bushrod, and he did decent against Cincinnati. So I'm yeah. hopeful that hopefully he, there won't be a much slack to you know be uh, left off, you know, and hopefully. Mm-hmm. He picks up right where Armstead left off. Sure, he's not the caliber kind of guy that he is, but I think hopefully we'll be okay. You know, and Armstead, when he gets back, hopefully we'll be good to go. So Yeah, Armstead, of course, is a really important piece to this super impressive offensive line that the Saints have had so far. But Bushrod is a seasoned veteran. He's been in the Saints system for uh, in and out for, for quite some time. Used to time. be a starter, too. You, yeah, used to be a starter for the team back in his prime. Um, and against Cincinnati, he didn't really miss a beat. He, he played really well, as you were mentioning, Tyler. So um, I don't think it'll be as big of a blow, but it definitely will be something to look out for, especially for well, a Saints allow team. me to interject there, boys, because uh, yeah. it's a huge deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, like, let's not sugarcoat this. Bushrod is not good. I mean, as a 12-year veteran, he's been yeah. in and out of basically everywhere that he's gone. I remember, and I think when he was playing for Chicago, he failed a physical, mm-hmm. and that didn't end up going going very well. I mean, he's sure. I, 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 if you're gonna peg a backup, hey, at least it's not Eric Flowers or sure, somebody sure. like that. But this is this is prime time hunting for Brandon Graham, which you guys have mentioned it already. That Saints offensive line to me is one of the most impressive in the in the league between mm-hmm. them and the Steelers. Like they are they are right in there, and it makes me very fearful for my life when I see Alvin Kamara run behind it. And same with Ingram and all that stuff too. If there's any possible way, uh, because this is what Jim Schwartz likes to do, and you've you've probably seen it if you watched any any film at all. But it's nothing but four pass rushers. We've known for a very long time, no matter who it is, what the defensive line is you just don't blitz drew Brees. it's mm. just stupid it's really dumb so any opportunity for them to kind of slow him down or slow this offense down uh mm. and whatever it is being able not to run to the left as much or to get the ball off quick enough this is this is to me the only bright shining thing uh about this matchup coming into it yeah, and uh, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's 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 definitely easier to go up against a left tackle who's who's on the older side than somebody like Teron Armstead. And yeah, as you said, Tyler Armstead always seems to be dinged up. But um, the Saints, who don't give up a whole lot of sacks, are going up against one of the better defensive fronts we've seen. I mean, talent there on the depth chart and, and overall, Jim Schwartz has implemented a very nice system over there. I mean, former head coach, he knows what he's doing, obviously. Great defensive coordinator. And the, the, the Eagles' defense is essentially what helped them uh, gain a whole lot of success last year heading to the Super Bowl. A lot of talk, of course, was Carson Wentz, but that defense was on point for a lot of last year. And this year, they've, they've had to rely on that defense. And in some games, hasn't always worked out. They've only scored, what, 30 points or more in one game this year. So they've had to kind of rely on their defense uh, uh, to win them some games. So it's going to be a, lo- a little easier for them, actually probably a lot easier for them to get to not only get to Drew Brees, but, but create some disruption there. Uh, on the ground game, which the Saints really, really uh, live off of there. Um, so le- let's jump into the game. Actually, before we do that, John, if you want to go ahead and plug away social media where people can find you before we jump into talking about the game, Twitter, whatnot, social media, go and plug it away real quick. Sure, you can pretty much find us anywhere at GoBirdsPod or myself at John Barchard. I'm happy to answer any questions from the Eagles side of the ball if there's any Saints fans out there that want to go and do that. And um, I'll even uh, jump in there from where I think you're going to go anyway. And it's so funny that uh, you do say that because if you talk to anybody in Philadelphia, you would say that the defense is horrible. It's 
<laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't believe there's talk of that. You know, I, uh, there's a lot of people that would like to move on from Jim Schwartz, which I think is hysterical when you look at the rest of the league and how the league changes, specifically in this year alone, where you're setting records like crazy with passing yards. And it's just, yeah, the so. there's, no there's no dominant defense. There's no, no, it doesn't anymore. exist. Uh, and people treat kids like, well, what about the Bears or what about this? I'm going, yeah, there are teams that can still score points on them. It's just different mm-hmm. now. So, it, I mean, this really is seven on seven a lot of the time. Uh, and you're trying to figure that out. Now, there are a ton of faults of what Jim Schwartz does. And specifically in the secondary, as much as I'll go like, hey, Brandon Graham, that sounds like a great matchup. Um, the To me, the defensive line is where it stops and starts. And they rely on them so much. And now with. Again, a very banged-up secondary. Remember the name, gentlemen, Razul Douglas, because mm. he's probably going to be the one that is filling in for Ronald Darby. And there are a lot of people that didn't like Ronald Darby or Jalen Mills, the two starting corners for the Eagles secondary. But uh, I believe that they are a lot stronger than they're given credit for. And I piss my pants thinking of Razul Douglas going up against Michael Thomas. Mm. And if that pass rush isn't anywhere close to there, it's going to be a, a very long day for the Eagles secondary, a very great day for the for the Saints offense. It is it is really banged up. I mean, they went from a, a, a rookie safety after Rodney McLeod, their starting safety, went down. They've moved him to nickel. Um, they've stuck uh, Corey Graham back there, who is, you know, again, a, uh, a very old guy that cannot move – Excuse me, very well. Um, I'm actually surprised that they had done that. I figured uh, Avante Maddox, who was uh, was playing there and did move to nickel, would stay there. It gives you a little more stability uh, in terms of moving around. Maybe that's different, but they're going to have to come up with with something. Uh, and, and and I don't I don't know if they can. Um, it is it's a really really weakened secondary. Uh, the uh, the the middle of the field tends to be wide open. Jim Schwartz runs. People are very mad about the third and fifteen picket offense where they just stick everybody back on the sticks and they think they can rush up to you within 15 yards to not do that. Didn't really exactly work against the Dallas Cowboys, but um, it's just, um, it's not, it's not a great matchup. It isn't. I mean, mm-hmm. Drew Brees is absolutely going to pull, uh, pick these guys apart. That's, that's mm-hmm. my feeling going into the game. And, yeah. and yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with everything you just said in terms of uh, uh, guys having to step up for the Eagles against, uh, you know, a Saints offense who have been other than, obviously we just talked about the Toronto Armstead injury. Other than that, not not too many huge injuries to this team. Mark Ingram came back from his suspension. Uh, Ted Ginn had to go on IR. He could be back soon. Um, of course, the, the whole Des Bryant situation. But as Tyler and I were mentioning in the last episode, the Saints offense have been pretty much completely healthy for a majority of the season. They've had a few dings here and there, but nothing like, I mean, Ronald Darby's out for the rest of the year, torn ACL. Uh, Jalen Mills has been, uh, I guess, out for a little bit, and, and he might play yeah. in this game. He's currently questionable right now, but it sounds like he's probably going to be good to go um, against the Saints. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to stay updated with that. You guys also have Lane Johnson questionable for this game. Jalen Mills um, is questionable. And I yeah, like Lane Jaylen. Johnson, uh, just so everybody knows, Lane Johnson is going to go. He actually okay. announced it on our player show this week. So. Cool. He's a go, and there's also, he hinted at Timmy Jernigan, who the Eagles have missed Mm -hmm. this entire season after losing him after the Super Bowl, uh, hinted that he would be back and playing in this one. That's going to be a huge upgrade for that defensive line to have somebody next to him, uh, next to Fletcher Cox in Mm -hmm. uh, that as it goes. But, yeah, Sidney Jones is also the other corner that uh, was a little dinged up, but it looks like he's going to, I mean, they're going to have to put him out there. This would be his first opportunity to actually start on the outside. He's been playing nickel. Um, this entire time that he came in, and uh, I was in love with both him and Marshawn Lattimore. So uh, mm-hmm. this is kind of fun for me to kind of compare and contrast. And I know Marshawn's been struggling a little bit this year, but he's bounced back a little bit. And uh, these two guys, I thought, were the best two corners in that draft class. So 
uh, we'll uh, maybe uh, maybe we'll get a little side by side comparison at least for one game here. Yeah, It'll, I was gonna say uh, a couple key stats I want to mention too as we're getting into you know the Saints offense versus the Eagles offense. They're opposing defenses right now. Uh, I actually looked it up. I was really curious uh, for total quarterback hits allowed through Week Ten. Uh, New Orleans is the best at twenty eight, and Philadelphia is the fourth worst at sixty nine. But on the on the other nice. side though. With sacks, uh, Philadelphia is tied for the ninth most with 26, and New Orleans is tied for the 23rd most with 21. So those were a couple key stats there I wanted to throw out. You know, I think it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, because uh, all football games are all one of the trenches for the most part. So mm. I think it's going to be interesting there. How but, many how many quarterback hits have the Eagles gave up? Uh, 69. We've given nice. up 28. Nice. Very nice. nice. Very nice. <laughs> nice. Double. That's a double nice right there. Um, uh, and just, uh, gentlemen, just so you know, because practice is starting right now, Sidney Jones, Timmy Jernigan, Lane Johnson, all practicing okay. right now. So they're probably oh, going to okay. play. Most yeah. likely going to be playing then, uh, unless there's any sort of major setback. So, okay, Correct. good. And I'd rather play, uh, I'd rather play a somewhat uh, cl- as close to fully healthy team uh, as possible. I want the Saints team to, to earn these victories. And, of course, uh, the, the Eagles are uh, going up against a red-hot Saints team, which I actually want to get to right now. They're going to need um, all the health that they can have. Um, and, and speaking of, of red-hot Saints, obviously they brought off eight in a row. The all-time series between these teams, the Eagles lead 17-13. to In the Breeze, uh, Drew Brees, Sean Payne era, the Saints are 5-2. and two. Um, So they, they've only played seven times in the past uh, 13 years. Um, and it's been three years since these teams faced off. Uh, it was uh, um, October of 2015, uh, and the Eagles won. They actually trounced New Orleans at the link. It was 39 to 17. Uh, the two games. Such a was, weird game, too. It was, it was a very <laughs> weird game. I I can't believe that was three years ago, too. It doesn't seem like that long ago. But then again, it also yeah. seems like uh, uh, that a wild card victory for the Saints seems like forever ago. Um, and that was only the year prior in 2014. The Saints on the road won 26 to 24, and then before yeah. that, uh, the Saints won 28 to 13 in 2012, uh, which was the last time these two teams played in the dome. So, uh, not uh, the, these two teams obviously don't see each other often. Uh, when they do, uh, it is usually an, an exciting matchup or, or a somewhat weird game, as it was a few years ago. Um, and uh, like I said, the Saints are coming off of uh, impressive blowout win. The Eagles are coming off a loss against their rivals at home in prime time. Um, and, and with the Dome Rock and John, I want to ask you this. It'll be an interesting matchup of momentum versus redemption. The Saints have all the momentum riding with them, eight games in a row, beat the Rams. They beat the Vikings the week before. They're coming off just an absolute blowout win over the uh, over the Bengals. The Eagles, uh, of course, as we talked about, it seems like they're in a little bit of a neutral, um, not too consistent. They haven't uh, won two games in a row yet this year. Um, so they're, they're definitely hungry. They're looking for a win. Um, what will the Eagles need to do on the field to combat the dome and the momentum of the Saints? Obviously, mentally, these guys, I, I think they're going to be just fine. They've uh, you know, Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, a lot of these other guys, they've been in the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl. They can handle uh, immense amounts of pressure. But when it comes to on-the-field stuff, if you slip up even a little bit against the Saints team, they'll eat you alive, especially jumping out of the gate, trying to score on offense. And, and then after that, it can just become a snowball effect. So how will Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, uh, this Eagles team, how are they going to combat the dome noise that will feed into the momentum for the Saints? How are they going to be able to, to, to go against that on the field on Sunday? Well, the first thing that they're going to do is channel Shelton Gibson, just knocking the shit there out of Reggie go. Bush. And there that's you just, go. you know, <laughs> uh, the, that's the, that's the only great memory that we really have. And even that was a loss. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that this is, they have to do something they haven't done 
before all season, guys. I mean, they have to get into a mode where they can score 34 points. Mm. And they've only done that once, and it was against the Giants. I think the only way to combat the crowd, the noise, the momentum of all that, you got to keep up. And that's what is... I, I I hate that matchup in terms of what they do. I keep wanting and keep needing these guys because, to me, the offense has been the biggest problem uh, since the beginning of the year. There's a lot of reasons why. And sure, like you don't have Carson Wentz starting out the year. You're missing Alshon Jeffrey. You're also missing you know three of your four supposed starting wide receivers to start the season. That hasn't been great. Mike Wallace was a supposed to be, you know, I know people are kind of all over the place in terms of what his production was supposed to be, uh, but they haven't replaced that because you only got Mike Wallace for a quarter or a, a game and a, a game and a quarter of football. And then they mm-hmm. kind of wrapped things up and did some things. Mm-hmm. Um, the Eagles have reactivated Richard Rodgers, which is a name that you probably remember from Green Bay, yes. uh, who is like their second and third tight end. He also was missing as part of their plans in this thing, too. They didn't, um, you know, Jay Ajayi down. They don't really have a guy that can go in and just handle the football and take care of business. Corey Clement, who had a, a, f- a phenomenal playoff run, who had a fantastic Super Bowl, who, uh, you know, Chris Collinsworth uh, constantly said, I don't know if that's a catch or not during the entire <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl run, yeah. has not mm-hmm. really stepped up to the plate either. He was a little banged up coming in. Wendell Smallwood has kind of been the guy by default. Um, he's looked good. He's looked bad. He's looked okay in certain situations. And then they have the undrafted kid that they got this year, Josh Adams from Notre Dame, who actually – uh, pulled off a pretty uh, a nice uh, a nice couple of runs against Dallas and um, you know from our insiders here on the podcast which you can listen to Adam Kaplan and Jeff Mosier uh, on the Go Birds Pod had even mentioned that you know the Cowboys were actually a little scared of that continuing on because they didn't really have a great game plan to go and slow that down and then Doug Peterson kind of held up uh, and they didn't get a lot of carries they haven't had a, a running game to get. Uh, you know, some of the pressure off of Carson. And certainly when you're missing Lane Johnson from last week, that didn't, that, that really hurt things too, uh, to kind of uh, go out there and develop. And the other thing that we haven't seen yet, as I mentioned before, is Golden Tate. Like this is, mm-hmm. that to me was supposed to be the, the jump start. And when you pair, you know, Carson Wentz, a guy that likes to continue to try and stretch out and make plays, uh, Golden Tate would be perfect for that. The problem is, is they ended up going to a hurry up situation and then, and, of course, uh, Doug had had said that they had a ton of different package plays to go in there. But when you're behind, you want to make Carson kind of comfortable and available. So, you know, he goes to his old friend Jordan Matthews, who there's a lot of debate going on uh, back uh, back and forth, even between ourselves on, like, how effective he is uh, really being. And then Alshon Jeffrey's not really there. They can't get the ball down the field, guys. And that's – if you mm-hmm. can't do that against the Saints, forget it. Like, you're, you are going to, uh, you know, just – you might as well punt and just call it a night and come back up here. And, and get ready for the next week. They have to absolutely attack these guys downfield. I think that's where the softest spot has been for the Saints all year long. Uh, and there are, and not to say that they haven't been stingy too. Like there are, there are times when they will, you know, provide you with three and outs or you guys displayed that against the Rams, certainly. And we're able to do that. But the, you know, uh, they're not the Rams. They can't, <laughs> I would like them to score as much as they do and get into that battle, but I don't think they, I don't really think that they can. Uh, and then, you know, just a, a prime example, even just what happened with the Bengals, too. The Saints can just ultimately steamroll you, and then they're, you're just you're completely one-dimensional, and you look up, and it's not you're halfway through the second quarter, and you're like, mm. my God. So it is. I, I have an ugly feeling that Doug is going to try and control this ball as much as possible. And look, they might have to do that. Uh, I, I absolutely hate when that happens, but if you don't really have any other options and if you can't make huge big plays down the field, then it might go head towards the tight ends, and Zachers is on a pace that is mm. going to break a lot of records, and Fantastic that's going to continue season. to 
uh, you know, uh, show up there. And outside of that, I can't really tell you who's going to be consistent. They've got Nelson Aguilar finally into that long passing game because they had to. Had a couple of nice catches this last week. But um, Golden Tate is going to be the X factor here and whether they use him or they don't. And he, they feel comfortable enough to include him in everything or just just some things. And I know it's hard to get the verbiage down, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. But it's, it's really just who's going to outscore uh, another here and – the Saints have proven that they can do that to literally anybody. So Eagles need to try and match that, and it's going to be a really tough task to do. I'll tell you this mm-hmm. much, John. The the only reason you have to worry about the Saints secondary in any any way or fashion is if they're able to get turnovers. That That's what swung our momentum against Cincinnati, getting picks by Eli Apple, Marcus Williams. Other than that, the, the Bengals easily could have scored a couple more touchdowns and taken away mm-hmm. a couple touchdowns off, off the Saints board. So I think that's going to be uh, key. And uh, going off your X factor, I agree 100%. Golden Tate is going to be huge in this game. Uh, and Tyler, you retweeted this. This is coming from John Hendricks over at Canal Street Chronicles. I was going to um, mention it, yeah. Yeah, I, I, if you want to read it off, go ahead. I have the tweet. Oh, oh. well, thanks. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, back when Golden Tate uh, played with Detroit, his last four games against the Saints, actually, it's a scroll of it to find it, luckily. Uh, you had seven receptions for 96 yards and a touchdown, eight receptions, 145 yards and a touchdown, six receptions uh, for 45 yards and two touchdowns, and 10 receptions for 154 yards and a touchdown. And this is going to be the sixth time, uh, uh, this is going to be the sixth straight year the Saints play him. So mm-hmm. we definitely need to keep an eye on him. And so. obviously Tate was part of that 52-38 to 38 win by the Saints, uh, absolute shootout against the, the, the Lions a couple years ago. Um, and Golden Tate is also going to be going up against, uh, most likely, playing out of the slot, um, uh, going up against P.J. Williams, who we all know he's been burned this year. The one week that he won NFC Defensive Player of the Week because of his um, pick six and his forced fumble against the Vikings. Which, I couldn't believe that. No, I, you know, we couldn't believe, it either. We believe it either. We couldn't believe it either. Really? We couldn't believe it. He gave up 149 yards. All the passes thrown to him were caught. I don't know. P.J. Williams gets burned. Yeah, I, we're, we're missing Patrick Robinson, who we signed from you guys. Uh, and Our he, old friends, oh, yes. Yeah, exactly, and which, and you guys uh, also hurt former Saint Darren Sproles for you guys, who we traded mm-hmm. to you guys uh, for, I think, what was it? Fifth Malcolm round Jenkins, do we appreciate ago. both of those guys? Of course, guys, Malcolm actually, Jenkins, yeah. <laughs> no, we, lo- we love Jenkins, we love Sproles, and I'm so jealous that you guys have both of those guys. Um, but yeah, no, Golden Tate, he's, he's going to be the X Factor. Um, and I guess this entire pass-catching core from Philly uh, is going to be something to look out for. Tyler, uh, I'll ask you more so about the Saints secondary. Eli Apple's mm-hmm. out there. Marshawn Lattimore's out there. Von Bell, Marcus Williams. Uh, Kurt Coleman hasn't been playing too well so far this season. P.J. Williams coming out of, of the nickel. Um, ha- I mean, what what is this what is this secondary going to have to do? We're going to have to rely on the pass rush a little bit, obviously, to maybe force some yeah. errors or, or, or make sure that um, we don't have to put everything on our secondary to try to stop Carson Wentz, but I mean, what what are you what are you expecting out of the secondary going going up against so much talent there for the Eagles? Well, I think uh, similar to what the Saints did against the Bengals, I think they're going to have to do the same thing, especially against all teams going forward. You're really going to have to rely on that front four, the front seven, you know, uh, really to disrupt everything. I think you go from there because I think anytime uh, we've seen now any uh, anytime you have a Really good front four, for example, the Rams, uh, a bunch of different teams right now, the Bears. Uh, it disrupts things for opposing offenses. So right now, Cameron Jordan's stepping up a bit. Of course, we lost uh, Marcus Davenport. He'll be back soon, hopefully, uh, with a toe injury. Sheldon Rankins, uh, with his little shimmies got going on there, mm-hmm. uh, he's been stepping up a bit, uh, handling people for sure. 
And Okafor stepped up last week. Uh, but Hendrickson, the other guy on the other side of Jordan, hasn't really done anything. But I think right now, if the Saints defense uh, uh, beyond Marshawn Lattimore doesn't want to get exposed, we're going to have to get to Carson Wentz. And we're going to have to get to him quick. And we're going to have to maybe keep a quarterback spy on him, you know, because I'm one of the few quarterbacks – uh, opposed to all the quarterbacks we've played this year, he's one of those few that can really take off and he can really burn us. You know, he's almost like a, a little a Taysom Hill. You know, he's got he's got crazy legs. So um, I, I think hopefully if we can contain Carson Wentz and hopefully if the defense does its job of applying pressure, maybe a safety blitz here, cornerbacks uh, cornerback blitz there because uh, I, we mentioned it last episode, uh, Dennis Allen actually blitzed a lot more mm-hmm. against the Bengals uh, opposed to other different offenses and a, a different teams. Hopefully they'll give us a secured win, but I, I'm really curious to see how that goes, though, and, especially with Golden Tate, especially with everything. And, it's going to be a good matchup, though. And blitzing word, I don't know why Dennis Allen doesn't do this more often, Bl- especially if you have an athletic uh, linebacker as you do and Alex Anzalone. Dude can fly around. And if yeah. we're, we're going to have a quarterback spy on Wentz, I want it to be Anzalone. Um, I, 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 I love Demario Davis and whatnot, but I'd rather uh, Demario I like Davis. Anzalone is, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather yeah. Davis cover an actual uh, receiver tight end or running back coming out of the backfield um, and have Anzalone because Anzalone is definitely our fastest linebacker. He's the most athletic. Carson Wentz can extend plays with his feet. I don't think we'll have a QB spy for a majority of the game. It would be smart, but if, if we're blitzing a little bit, um, that that could definitely create some disruption, and as long as the the DBs can hold their ground for three or four seconds there, um, or, or probably a little bit longer, but uh, that's it. Just seems like three or four seconds. Then then I, I think we're going to be just okay handling this this Philly offense. But this could definitely be a breakout game uh, for these guys. They're hungry. Uh, the Eagles are looking for a win. Um, and 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 I actually want to go off uh, John on 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 Philadelphia side. Give us some names of some guys uh, maybe Saints fans don't know a whole lot out of, maybe who who haven't uh, performed uh, in too many great games so far this year but could definitely have a heyday against the Saints. Can you give us some names of some Philly guys you really like coming into this matchup on Sunday that we should keep our eyes out for? Uh, probably one that gets lost in the shuffle a lot of the time, and Nigel Bradham, who's their you know uh, Sam linebacker that is kind of really all over the field, uh, really teams up well with Jordan Hicks. In, in terms of that, and Jordan's been a little quiet the last couple of weeks, but um, to me, in terms of, you know, trying to get uh, a, a handle on, uh, you know, Kamara or somebody that is, you know, Ingram, um, or, and honestly, they've they've had him cover a lot of different people. They've had him cover tight ends. They've, I mean, they've had him cover Antonio Brown in some looks uh, for the last couple of years, too. He's a guy that can stay with a lot of different kind of playmakers. Um, uh, certainly in this matchup, I think he's one of the most uh, important ones that's uh, moving forward there. And then uh, I already mentioned some of the other secondary guys uh, that you probably didn't know about. Offensively, um, I, honestly, there isn't much uh, going on unless there is. You know, Jason Peters has really been struggling a lot, just dealing with a lot of injuries, trying to stay healthy. Doesn't look like he's been quite the same all throughout this uh, year. But the other, we call him Big V uh, out here. It's Halapuli Vali Vitae is, uh, is your backup swing tackle for right and left uh, uh, tackle there. So mm-hmm. if uh, either Lane Johnson or him goes down, I would say that's that's a guy that you could probably key on, especially in the pass rush. Um, much better in this offensive line, honestly, uh, at least in me in the the meat of it as it stands right now, is much better at run blocking than it is with uh, with pass blocking. Uh, it's also uh, you know you guys had mentioned to dialing up the blitz. I think that's exactly what the Saints should do against this team uh, only because you're you're going to force the issue. Carson Wentz has been 
really well outside of the pocket this year. Inside the pocket, he's been fine. He hasn't been great. And, and by that, it's just like he's just slightly off. Like his accuracy just isn't the same as it was last year. Obviously, he's coming off ACL, MCL, IT band, all that fun stuff. So it's going to take a while for him. And we knew that coming into the season, or at least some of us did. But um, I think the best way for the Eagles to you know, avoid that is to get him moving initially, get him out to his right, get him out to his left. You guys know that the the famous RPOs are coming, which I'm, everybody's getting sick and tired of, of doing that. But play action passes, things like that. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing and the biggest problem that I think in picking up the blitzes or extending the plays has been this year. They uh, and it goes back right back to the to the running backs. Like Corey Clement is fantastic at pass blocking, but he's not giving you really anything else outside of that. Wendell Smallwood's productive, but man, oh man, does he whiff all the time on on blitzes and pickups and things like that. Josh Adams is just kind of inexperienced with that. So I agree. I'm not even necessary. I don't even think you guys need a spy on him. Uh, really, I, right. you know, the pressure will get to him. He, like I said, the 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 good thing and the fault of that is him kind of hanging on to the ball to try and go make a play rather than just kind of give uh, give what's uh, what's what's taken to him. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's the the way to do it. And honestly, uh, it's those are those are probably it in terms of like guys that you would actually need to pay attention to if you're a Saints fan coming into this one. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I really like uh, Nigel Broadham, who you mentioned before. I really wanted the Saints to actually sign him because uh, he was a free agent after the, the Super Bowl. Uh, I was really hoping the Saints would go after him. Obviously, ended up going with uh, a couple other guys, including Demario Davis. But uh, he, yeah, he's a fantastic Sam linebacker for for the, for the Eagles. I think the Saints could definitely overlook uh, Smallwood coming out of the backfield uh, just because focusing on all the guys who are going to, I mean, Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Golden Tate, you're going to have to pay a lot of attention. Wheel route. We're there, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, you, and you know who can get burned on a wheel route real good? I bet you, I don't even know if you know he's in the league. We have a lot of guests come on, and when we say his name, they're like, he's still in the league. Manti Teo is most likely going to be playing oh, for yeah. the Saints. Um, uh, he, personal, he, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he most likely going to be healthy. Yeah, I, I, I hope he does because he's a fantastic base linebacker. But most likely, he's going to be covering those wheel rots coming out of the out of the backfield. Could definitely get burned on something like that, especially with the lack of safety help uh, or or just overall coverage help the uh, Saints have been providing for the linebackers so far this year. But a very interesting name. Also, a guy we haven't mentioned yet so far in this pod, podcast that could. Uh, I, I like how you brought up RPO. Um, because Chris Carlinsworth just absolutely has a heyday talking about RPO on air. Uh, Taysom Hill could definitely have his fair share of some RPOs or just straight-up options. Uh, It happens so often. Uh, But I have a feeling the Saints, since they've been doing it so much over the past few weeks, they're going to have to come up with something creative to really catch the Eagles off guard. Because when Taysom Hill comes in the game, he's most likely not going to pass it. It's most likely going to be some sort of option with with Alvin Kamara. Uh, They don't implement a whole lot of triple threat options where you can pitch the ball back. Um, definitely look out for that, especially on the goal line if the Saints decide to do that or some sort of reverse. But they're going to have to get creative with Taysom Hill this time around uh, because for for the most part, they've used up just about all the other uh, plays that they like uh, with Hill over the past couple weeks. And I think the Eagles are going to be looking out for that. Um, And then, of course, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Traquan Smith will do on the offensive side of the ball, filling in for not only Ted Ginn but the loss of – you could call it a loss of Des Bryant. He, we didn't really gain too much from him on the field because he didn't get to actually play for us. But he does have to fill in for some production there. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, Von Bell, other starting safety uh, opposite of Marcus Williams. Williams got a pick last week. I'm looking for Von Bell to do the very same this week or at least get a, a sack or two and disrupt there in the backfield. He's going to have to make some noise 
um, because that safety core isn't looking too great for the Saints as we were thinking it was going to be in 2018. Uh, Tyler, you got any any uh, names uh, to look out for mm-hmm. for the Saints? Yeah, I've got a few um, on offense. Uh, I'm curious to see first of all uh, who picks up the slack this week. Uh, I, I think it's sort of been like a merry-go-round. You know, we don't really know what's going on. So I'm really curious to see, uh, John, we can uh, mention it a bit later, uh, and maybe you can help us out, uh, if maybe the Eagles decide to double-cover Michael Thomas. And if they do, I, I'm really looking uh, looking at who's going to be the guy that steps up. Obviously, we know about Kamara. Obviously, we know about Ingram. But this week, will it be Benjamin Watson, for example, Traquan mm-hmm. Smith? Is it going to be Austin Carr, maybe, finally? Just like last week, that'd be awesome. Maybe we'll see a bit more Keith Kirkwood. Maybe we'll even see Dan Arnold. You know, he played limited action, but he was a big help, you know. And so those will be my offensive guys. And, again, keep an eye out on Jeremy Bushrod. Hopefully he'll be all right uh, playing the left tackle spot. But on defense, honestly, I just want to see how the front four does. You know, um, it wouldn't surprise me to see Cameron Jordan get double teams. It wouldn't uh, surprise me there. Um, I'm curious to see how Sheldon Rankins does on one-on-one matchups. Other than that, though, uh, let's see about Okafor, too. That'd be cool. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious to really see uh, that going forward because I think if the Saints can control the ball offensively, then if they can uh, disrupt Carson Wentz and apply a lot of pressure, I think hopefully uh, that will provide the secondary enough time to appear to be nearly perfect. So, not that they are, believe me, they are no, they are nowhere near perfect. But if the if the defense gets pressure, hopefully they'll be okay. So yeah, and I actually I think when the, the the biggest matchup for them or the biggest advantage at least is uh, you know Cameron Jordan is obviously we'll have to kind of wait and see. Like like I said, uh, maybe they maybe they have to go help Jason Peters more mm-hmm. or less that they usually don't do that. They leave him out on the island. The best one though, God, he was a draft crush too, and I was so mad. I was mm-hmm. so mad in a in a in a land of D tackles and, and the, which the Eagles at the time desperately needed. I was in love with Sheldon Rankins and yeah. he is going to put his ass uh right up against Isaac Sayomalu, who is just I mean if if, if especially in passing situations I, I would I'm calling at least two pancakes there uh, because wow. he's just it's 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 not the same as uh, I don't know why the Eagles did some weird guard switch between Stephen Wisniewski, who has been like a journeyman, uh, but uh, they made the switch last year. That line played great. Two, three, what was it, week two or week three? They decided to switch that out uh, and, and go with Isaac Sayomalu. He, he's been up and down, but I, I hate that matchup. Sheldon Rankins uh, looks to have a, a pretty nice day. Uh, against this too, and this is something like as Eagles fans and just overall in, in the league, I, I I feel like the Saints, you know, defensive line is a little underrated. Sure, they're they're linebackers you could kind of you know forget and miss they're over decent, just like yeah. you know, Teo and all that other stuff. But uh, that front four is is mm-hmm. is really really talented, and Sheldon Rankins to me is the cream of the crop on there. Even though I know people are like, come on, how can you say that when Cameron Jordan's on there? But mm. Sheldon Rankins is going to be probably Seven. one of the best D tackles for the next couple of years here. Yeah, no, yeah. Rankins has stepped into his own uh, ever since last year. Um, of course, with with Nick Fairley going down last off season, uh, Rankins really had to step up. We got David Onyemata there, who had half a sack against the Bengals, and really Cam Jordan's been the quietest out of that front four. There, we we, we hear a lot about Marcus Davenport, Alex Okafor uh, makes some noise here and there, but Cameron Jordan, he's 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 been quiet so far this season compared to what we're used to seeing from him. So uh, yeah, absolutely right. I think Sheldon Rankins, uh, you're gonna have to look out for him. Other guy you're gonna have to look out for, um, Tom Thomas Morstead. I don't know if he'll if he'll punt this game. 
Uh, he hasn't punted in the past three games. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying the punter? Are you saying yes. the, yeah, the punter? punter? Yes. He's, he's, he's got a leg, man. He's, he's not even going to see the field, that's, guys. What we that's what we're, that's what we're on, saying. Man. That's what we're saying. I'm interested <laughs> to see if he will see the field because the only time he ever goes on the field is to hold extra points now. He's one of the best punters in the league, man. He's only punted 19 times this year. Yeah. So over under Thomas Morstead punts twice. I'm going. I'm taking the under. Yeah, I'll take <laughs> the under. I'll take the under. You'd be surprised, okay, man. He, he's low-key really good. And same with Will mm-hmm. Lutz, you know. Uh, yeah, people right. don't give him the credit either, but he's been really, really helpful for us this year too. And special teams could definitely play uh, most likely. I mean, every game it almost does yeah. play. But Justin Hardy would be nice. Have him the, step up. If, if the Saints and Eagles are able to get three and outs there in the red zone, or, or not even the red zone, just slightly outside of the red zone on the other side of the field, it's gonna we're gonna have to rely on kicking three points here and there, missed or, or whatever. I know we're in the dome; it's controlled environment, but missed field goals here and there in a game where it could definitely be close to a shootout. I mean, a lot of points are going to be scored. Uh, if, if, if you aren't able to capitalize on a touchdown, have to settle for a field goal and, and something crazy happens, that could definitely either swing the momentum in a game or, or definitely help determine it in the end. So that'll be something to look hot out take, for. Hot take. Special teams will not matter at all in this game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Zero. You don't have to worry about even if they miss it, even if it goes in, that is not going to be at the end of the day. That is not going to be a factor in this game at all calling for it right now. And Sean Payton pulls out an onside kick to begin the second half, just to prove you wrong there, John. <laughs> yeah, right. That's different. That's, not, that's, uh, that's just being sneaky. You can right, be right. sneaky, but it won't right. matter. Yeah. Um, I, I think we've covered just about everything. Uh, let's get into score predictions. Uh, if you guys have anything else to say about the game, please do so when you do your score predictions. Um, Charlie's score prediction is 38-24. to 24. He has the Saints winning. Um, he's pretty much said everything we've said. The thing he said to look out for most for the Saints is going to be Zach Ertz. It could definitely kill us there in the passing game. I 100% agree with Charlie. He has the Saints winning 38-24. to John, since you're the guest, I'll pass it off to you too, man. Uh, prediction, score prediction, give us why. Any other thoughts you have on the game? Go ahead, man. You know, I just – I don't see a lot, of, a lot of great things in this. And this is – it kind of has that feel of like, well, if everybody is going to pick against – the Eagles, then mm. maybe this is the the weird one where they win because they're supposed to be Dallas. They weren't. I mean, that we've chalked this up as a loss um, since the schedule came out, basically. So I, I'm I still don't think they're going to win. We're holding on to hope. If you guys want to come and hang out, uh, let us know. We're staying at the Sheraton uh, <laughs> down right there near the stadium. Come hang out. Come say hello. We'll uh, we'll be tailgating and do all sorts of fun things. Uh, honestly, I I think the Saints blow out the Eagles here. I think this is and ends up being like you know that forty-five to twenty-one, maybe twenty, uh, something like that. Uh, you know, twenty-five. I'll, I'll give I'll give them above their season average in points. I just think the Saints are rolling too much. They haven't had any kind of stutter step in between here. I've looked for what I thought last week was going to be kind of a uh, a little bit of a trap game against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. It certainly wasn't. They have got their heads in the right place. You know, Sean Payton and Drew Brees, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. So that's that's where they're ready to go. I don't think the Eagles are going to stand in their way. And uh, hopefully there's a lot of alcohol after the game. There we go. Highlight. <laughs> for, for both sides, too, right? Just for very different reasons. Uh, uh, no, just for us. Just for us. We're going to take it over and just say, listen, we've, just we came all. down here. We deserve most go. of it. Take it all. I like it. I like it. Tyler, what you thinking, man? It's funny. We forgot to mention uh, the Eagles are actually going to be wearing their home jerseys this mm. game and because of a bet that Sean right? Payton lost. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Doug Peterson's a better golfer. Yes. Suck it. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the Saints will be wearing their color rush jerseys, though. So that should be mm. a good time there. Um, For me, I don't know. I feel like the Eagles are going to be one of the few, definitely not a few teams uh, here, excuse me. Eagles are going to be one of the teams this week that I feel like it exposes our secondary, unlike Cincinnati. Uh, for what they did last week. I'm going to say Saints win 
I think the over-under, I think it's like 55, and I think the Saints are favored by, yeah, 36-28. And also, uh, John, I have to mention to you, I mentioned it earlier, but I actually picked up Josh Adams a couple weeks ago on Fantasy, and I have like five guys on my uh, my, uh, bye week this week for Fantasy, so I have to start Josh Adams. Do you see him gaining a lot of points or no? Uh, I think he can get you five. And outside Five, of that, oh, okay. I I, uh, I don't know. I mean, he should be the guy moving forward at least, you know, first and second downs. But I don't. I still don't think they trust him on third. So I mean, in a very sneaky, very I would almost not for your if you're trying to win a playoff game, don't do that. Uh, or trying to get into the playoffs in your in your seasonally a DFS play not might be bad, especially if you want to stack Thomas and uh, and Breeze this week and just go a little expensive on that. I'd stay away from Josh Adams fantasy wise though. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for your advice. I appreciate that. How about you, Dan? Yeah. What were you thinking? Watch, watch Adams go, just absolutely go off, get you twenty points, and, and, and <laughs> no, probably won't. But um, yeah, no, I think it's gonna be Saints across the board. Um, I'm I'm having them win thirty-four to twenty-three. Um, but with with the Eagles, the thing about them, another reason that they, I, I don't think this is necessarily a trap game because. Uh, the Saints, I mean, I guess it could technically be be categorized as a trap game, right? The Eagles are kind of lowly right now. The Saints are very right. high up, could definitely be caught off guard, especially with a head coach like Doug Peterson. Um, and I actually uh, have his memoir, too, Fearless. Uh, fantastic book. I don't know if, you, if you've if read it, John, but... Oh, yeah, fans, it's a great book. Oh, yeah. fa- oh absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I just I just love the, uh, first off, attention to detail that he uh, um uh, pays and also just the way he treats his players they understand that they, they are definitely football players and they're playing under Doug Peterson but hey he, he cares and respects them to a level that I, I think is is only matched by certain guys in this league like Sean Payton and, and Andy Reid not even guys like uh, I mean Bill Belichick is definitely successful but I don't think he he even treats players as well as Doug Peterson does so uh, the Eagles are going to be fighting out there for, for Peterson and themselves on Sunday so it could definitely turn into some sort of trap game um, but I, I'm going Saints 34-23. I think it'll be a very nice scoring fest. I think it'll be an exciting game. I, yeah, I, I'd even argue at halftime it could definitely be uh, close. It could be like 13-10 at halftime. It could be like 2013. Could definitely be a one-one one-score game here. Uh, as Not both teams, Not you don't think happen. so? You don't think so? <laughs> uh, Not at all. Some hope here. It is. This is this is offense from the jump. There is there is going to well, be no slowdown in this game because it's it, they. I'm telling you, the Saints offense is going to come out and boat race this defense almost immediately. Unless there is some kind of weird turnover or something like that, that is not going to happen Like on one side or the other. Uh, I don't know if it'll be close or not at halftime, but these offenses are hopefully – well, the Saints offense I know will definitely be involved here unless I'm really missing something between all this. It's just that, again, the secondary is all banged up. It won't be close uh, in terms of points. Take the over, whatever it is. Yeah. Take the first half line, over take the second half line, take it overall. Yeah, definitely take the <laughs> over. I, I, I'm just reminiscing on, I mean, the the Saints playing up against, I mean, the Rams, they they definitely got off to a hard start too. But against the uh, the Vikings, it was definitely slow for the Saints. They really had to rely on a, a, a very late yeah, first that's, half that's turnover. That's in Minnesota. That's in right, Minnesota. Right, no, absolutely. And, the, I mean, <laughs> and the, they're pretty good defense. The, yeah. one, the one Saints lost this year, though, is at home. They're undefeated on the road. They lose against Tampa Bay to open up the year. So, I mean, I mean anything is possible with the Saints team, as I've been watching them over the past few years. Anything is possible, even with this offense being as big of a powerhouse as they are. But uh, it looks like Saints crossed the board for us. John, again, thank you so much for coming on the show, thank man. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, um, man. You can plug away your social media one more time, too, before I pass it off to Tyler for the sign-off. But, yeah, appreciate you coming on the show. And, uh, yeah, good luck on Sunday. 
Dayton Tyler, appreciate it, guys. At Go Birds Pod, at John Barchard, at Sports Radio 94 WIP uh, for all things uh, Eagles related. Awesome. So thanks so much, man. We appreciate you coming on. You know, all right, hopefully it'll be an exciting game for both of us, you know. And hey, you never know. Anything can happen uh, any week in the NFL. But, any uh, given Sunday, so baby. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Any every, any given Sunday, you know. Especially but, uh, in Nolens. <laughs> it's yeah, my first time there, by the way. Oh, I've been to Lafayette. I've been to wherever else. I've, I just, I've never, I've never, ever, ever been to New Orleans. So I'm kind of excited. Oh, you're gonna have oh, a great time. Oh, also, time. real quick, is the yeah. like, I, I never want to be the total tourist because like Cafe Dumont is is always oh, on my list. So good, believe and me. And I'm a big beignet fan. Is that that's mm. that's not like the tourist spot, right? I'm not missing anything. No, no, you need to go there. Believe that's me, that's the gem. Like, okay, cool. You'll you'll find times like uh, my dad and I. We I took my dad this year for his fiftieth. Uh, we flew down uh, to go see him play the Redskins. Sometime during the day, like you'll find spots. Uh, you'll find times when um, they're not like super super busy. It's definitely worth it. I think it's like you get. I think it's maybe like you could get like a bag of three beignets of, like for a buck or something like that. Awesome. It, it's definitely worth it. Believe me, they're so good. All right, we're going in. We're going in hard on Sunday morning. There you go. Uh, when you have the alcohol, make sure you have the beignets, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks so much, guys, for tuning into this amazing episode of the Who That Dish podcast. Make sure to check out all of John's social media. We appreciate that, too. As for us, where you can find our social media, first of all, let's start off with Twitter. Uh, Charlie wasn't here tonight, but you can still follow him, all of his crazy antics and everything he Yeah, thanks a lot, Charlie. Media. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> on yeah, a vacation. He's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, he's missing. A, uh, he's missing a lot though, uh, not being here. But that's all right though. You can follow him over at St. Charlie. You can follow Dayton Brown uh, at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow myself at Raymond Tyler M and our official Who That Dish podcast account at the WDD Podcast. Make sure to check us out on Facebook too. Not only am I posting our links to all of our episodes there through all the various uh, Saints-related Facebook groups. But Who That Dish has their own Facebook group. Just search Who That Dish, you'll find it. They also have a website, of course. So that's where all of our amazing writers are writing, whodatdish.com. And as far as our podcast episodes and the links, you can check us out on the internet, the web, at Spreaker.com, and on iTunes. Just search the Who That Dish podcast. We'll have an episode out. And that's where you can find us all. Sorry, Tyler, I didn't mean to interrupt. Fantastic stuff. No, you're good. We'll have an episode out early next week uh, recapping the game, whether it's a win, a loss, or a tie. So be sure to tune into that. Uh, rate us um, on Apple Podcasts as well. It goes a long way, guys. And follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with everything. But we'll talk to you guys very soon. And as always, who dat?